Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com Mike. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Hi, Butch Patrick here, Eddie Munster. You're listening to the Neverland Podcast. Welcome We're going to bring ghosts from all over the world. Join us. Be sure to bring your death certificate. Hello, Neverlanders. It's episode 99 of the Neverland podcast. Woo! Yay! All right, so everybody, I hope you have your pixie in your pocket. Now remember to pull that pixie nicely out of your pocket. Do not anger the pixie. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around, grab your happiest thought. We are flying to Neverland, and it's spooky this time because we're getting close to Halloween, so of course we have to have some Halloween-type fun, right? Sure. (laughs) Not a lot to say today. (laughs) But we're not going alone for some Halloween-style fun because Lost Boy Jesse is with us again. Ooh. (laughs) And he's creepy as usual. (laughs) But Jesse is special in his own way. Wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) but in order to make this an extra special halloween type of special episode y'all remember when i've been talking about the behind the magic podcast which is this kind of fun podcast they do a lot i've actually heard them talk about the disney cats with somebody so they're they're fun they do a lot of different type of things put out at least three shows a week uh but they were having this this tournament of disney podcasters which we made it to round two but then they didn't like our creative one and nobody voted for us but we liked them anyway, so <laughs> so please welcome Rachel and Zeke from Behind the Magic. Woo-hoo! Yay! Hello. Hey. That's what I'm saying. Where'd Zeke go? <laughs> but, I, am, I am here. I am not the one who awkwardly hit the beep button. I don't know what that was, but I swear it is not me. Did, did we get beeped out for not picking you? Uh, no, get bleeped out for not picking us. You still enjoyed the segment, <laughs> though, right? It was still fun. Yes, it was. It was really so. good. We liked it a lot. We just we thought it was amazing, and we'd love to hear that segment. We just didn't think it matched the voting criteria. That's all. Yeah, I ran about seventeen seconds. I think a little too long, and 
I, I, I was not even thinking of sustainability. And when you all were talking about sustainability, I was like, oh, yeah, I wasn't really going for that. I was just having fun. It's <laughs> like, I messed up. <laughs> it was up. really fun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we might get a 30-second version of that cut down eventually, and maybe we'll just use it as a promo. But uh, we'll tell everybody real quick a little bit about your podcast, because I don't know if I explained it so good. Do you want to explain it, Rach, or do you want me to? Go for it, Zeke. All right. So we are a daily, not counting weekends, podcast. So we release every day. We're snack credit size, though. So we're only 15 minutes. So in the time it takes you to take a trip to the grocery store, whatever your commute is, we are daily and we are snack size. And we include news, different segments, and all sorts of fun different activities and tips, tricks, and a lot of information about the world. And a little bit about the land. We just know more about the world. <laughs> wow! So I really haven't been able to keep up. I was thinking that there was—I knew there was at least three. But there's always another another new show from you guys all the time. It's like my goodness. Yeah. Not counting bonus episodes, so sometimes it's six or more days a week. So we are we are crazy like that. <laughs> and where can everybody find you? Rachel, why don't you get that one? <laughs> well, they can find us at btmpodcast.com uh, where they can find all of our episodes and stuff about our hosts. Awesome. Your attention, please. Disney Movie News. We had a new Star Wars trailer released, and then we officially broke the internet. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding, right? Yeah, if we don't mention this, people are going to say, like, I thought they were supposed to be a Disney podcast. How can they not talk about Star Wars breaking the internet? Because holy cow. So did anybody manage to get their tickets? I have not. <laughs> I don't have the my tickets. I have seen the trailer many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about where I am. No, the uh, theaters near me are archaic, and online tickets are not something that they really participate in. So unfortunately, none of my local theaters are available for, uh, available for pre-sale yet. Yeah, so it, to me, it'd be more fun to wait in line for tickets. Because, you know, with the Phantom Menace, we, together, Heather and I, actually waited in line. That's before we were even dating. We had that long, awkward, uh, will they, won't they, like you see on TV for a good long time. Yeah, we got the, so what is it with you and Jeremy? I don't know. <laughs> we're just friends. <laughs> because neither one of us was going to say anything. So, yeah. It was, wasn't yeah. until she was about to move away that uh, I was like, if I don't say something, she's going to be gone. But uh, yeah, enough about us. But, but yeah, so we waited in line for the Phantom Menace for tickets. And so to me, that would be more fun to actually just, you know, to get in line and wait for tickets physically instead of hopping on Fandango or whatever. So we didn't do it either. But I was just was kind of proud of everybody when I saw them next morning on the news that, that it crashed the, the site. <laughs> I was like, yay, go nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but now that we've mentioned that because we have to. Oh, and if you want to read a very interesting theory I have, which Heather really doesn't like my theory because no, it's depressing, no. but if you go to news.neverlandpodcast.com, look for the article Skywalker Down, and I've given evidence of something I think might happen, but it's just a theory. So. I hope you're wrong. Yeah, Ooh, I hope I am too, but it's not right. When I, when I started observing it from the trailer, I, I, I disturbed myself so much I couldn't get to sleep. <laughs> I, I think I know what it is, and I think I agree with you on the theory. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> it has nothing I, to do uh, with uh, being Kylo Ren or turning to the dark side. That that I think is. Silly. I'm on a whole different. I'm on a whole different theory. I, yeah. I know where you're going, and I'm on a different train. 
And he refuses to let that train get derailed, despite the fact that we have Adam Driver playing Adam, uh, playing Kylo Ren. <laughs> well, when they just teased us, we don't know for sure. It's all just speculation. All just speculation. Okay, but, all right, so we got to have some Halloween fun. Now, what I thought would be a good idea, because, my goodness, I went through so many different things last year. I had an entire haunted month. But I figured, okay, let's, this year let's just condense and do one really awesome thing. And I thought it would be fun to have a group of us get together and choose our top three Disney property villains. So, I mean, it opens the field up like the Disney Afternoon, you know, Disney Movies, Touchstone, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Studio Ghibli, which is something I hadn't even considered until Heather had brought that up. So I'm like, yes, all these properties have all these great villains. And so we could go through and kind of name off our villains. But we'll start, of course, with everybody's number three. And we'll go ladies and guests first and let Rachel go first. So who's your number three? All right, number three would have to be Mother Gothel. That's a good one. That is a good one. Is she the one that keeps you up at night? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a little bit, yeah, you know. But then knowing that she fell out a window, which is also gruesome, but great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you never see her hit bottom, so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're over a certain age, you know what happens. (laughs) (laughs) I think she was. It's been done before. We know the result. (laughs) (laughs) She bounces. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> She's hiding a tigger tail. See, Boing, you know. suddenly I thought exactly. would bounce. <laughs> okay. That's that's Christmas. That's like later. That's later. Yeah. Okay. Well, with the rotation now, should we continue with ladies first or guests first? What do you all think? Let's do guests first. Okay. So we'll move on to Zeke then next. So Zeke, well, who's your number three? So, see, this is tricky because I don't want to like save my number one because I'm afraid it's going to get sniped, but I'm, I'm <laughs> going to have to. So uh, th- there's like a strategy to this thing. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with, <laughs> I know, Flint Heart Flomgold. Ooh, that's a good Ooh, one. Like beautiful. Greed is the center <laughs> of <one. laughs> Yeah, the, the fun thing with Glomgold is he was he was, it was almost like he's a mirror image of Scrooge, you know. Yep. Uh, the dark side. No, he was Irish. Didn't have that beard though. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was like the evil version of Scrooge McDuck. Yes, yes, he he was definitely. And then I don't know something about him was more fun than the Beagle Boys or Mystica Dispel or any of the other yeah. other ones. Magica, yeah. yes, that's it been too long uh, <laughs> I swear it's coming back very soon though yay Gizmoduck <laughs> still a big Gizmoduck fan blather and blather oh, yeah. alright Jesse we'll let you go next uh, for my number three I'm going to go with some Disney IP properties and I will go with the Indiana Jones franchise and select one Adolf Hitler there you go <laughs> <laughs> real life <laughs> It, you do not get much more villainous than Hitler. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even if he's only in there for, what is it, like a five minutes. But that's a very intense five minutes when he grabs the diary. <laughs> because you're like, oh, what's he going to do? Oh, my goodness. Okay, I've lost my screen. Screensaver tried to come up because I haven't moved the mouse. There we go. I think it's Heather's turn. 
Uh, well, okay, I was either that or I was going to read Eric's first pick because Eric couldn't be here tonight. I'm but okay uh, read Eric's. He sent it to. Okay, we'll read Eric's first one. He went with Nega Duck from Darkwing Duck. He's the opposite of everything Darkwing stands for, and it was even worse when he was galvanized. Ooh, ooh, that was actually one of my options for number three. So I like the way he thinks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not uh, sure. What I am happy that. Okay, well, we'll I go ahead and... the love that Disney Afternoon is getting in this countdown already. Oh, yes. Yeah, a lot of great villains in the Disney Afternoon. I couldn't pick one evil of Doc. at our time. There was now, yeah, there's so the many. of all, evil is Doc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Heather, what's your number three? Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to rank them, so I just picked three. Oh, well, just whoever you numbered number three. All right, well, um... <laughs> Uh, I went with Judge Claude Frollo from The Hunchback oh. of Notre Dame. And uh, it's even worse when you read the book. Like, I don't know, when you've read the book and then you see the cartoon, you're like, oh, you're really nasty. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really don't like you at all. Yeah. Yeah, just really nasty. Oh, yeah, because he's so manipulative, yep. too. Uh, that whole song. Uh, he's a perv. With... Yeah? <laughs> yep. He's a perv. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I I think we just put the period on that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Not much more to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was family friendly. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, he's a creep. That's for sure. Okay. He is. <laughs> well. <laughs> All right, I went to, uh, for my number three. I went something kind of weird. Now, what I was trying to pick is I wanted to get something that was more of a Disney property, something that was a Lucasfilm property, and something that was a Marvel property. Uh, now, what I've done with Disney, though, I did branch a bit into Touchstone with this one, uh, and I this is going to be kind of weird, but you have to hear me out on this. All right, when I first saw this movie, I kind of didn't like it because I felt like I was supposed to root for the guy that I felt was the bad guy. Because anybody who goes and ruins my fo- favorite holiday, Christmas, by giving away scary things and monsters for Christmas, you're a bad guy. So Jack Skellington is my number three. But the reason why he's three and not, you know, higher is because he, the the the, the, the cool thing about Nightmare Before Christmas, and I, the more I watch it, the more I start to appreciate it, and I, I like it now, is it's a, a kind of a redemption story and how these Halloween characters can learn some stuff about Christmas when Sally kind of got it all along. Is one of the things I like is when when she gives Jack the gift, you know, that's when the little Christmas tree vision pops up. But then, of course, it gets ruined because, you know, Jack is there and he is about to ruin Christmas. But uh, I'd like that uh, at the end, it seems like Jack learns everything with Sally and understands the feelings that he had around the Christmas and everything. He has that all with Sally at the end. It's a nice little package, but he is kind of the villain of the picture until he straightens up and learns, wow, I really messed this up. Does anybody yeah. think I'm nuts for that? <laughs> I think you're nuts, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I, I, I would call Oogie Boogie more the antagonist than Jack, but I see where you're going with it. I won't argue. It's yeah. Your show. yeah, well, Oogie Boogie doesn't get into it until Jack has done his thing that causes Oogie Boogie, you know, because he grabs the three kids and he uses even warned, like, no, don't get these three kids involved. They'll bring in Oogie Boogie. And he doesn't listen. But so, I, I, I would, really I would argue that Jack he's an unintentional antagonist. He thinks yeah. he's being the protagonist by doing a good thing. I don't think he intends to be the antagonist. 
Yeah. Right, which is why he's ranked down number three and not higher, because he didn't mean to screw things up, but boy, did he ever. Which is sort of like Elsa. Elsa is sort of the villain of Frozen until she starts to kind of come around, and then that's when they bring in Hans to let you know, by the way, he's the real bad guy. But Elsa unintentionally does put a curse on the entire kingdom. Are you sure you want to bring Frozen into this? No, not really. But I would say, <laughs> unintentional villain is a good qualifier, you know. Sometimes you really screw things up and you didn't mean to, but then you have a really good redemption story of, okay, I messed this up, but I'm going to make it better. So... But anyways, we well, then, the, well that then you're going to say that Gizmo Duck is a antagonist in almost every episode. <laughs> yeah, he kind of does. He's try he's trying to do the right thing, but he just messes it up. But that's more of the comedy thing, and not uh, you know, it, uh, there's a difference between clutzily goofing things up and doing something that this is the action I'm going to take, and not realizing you're doing a really wrong action on purpose. You know, then you're like, oh, whoops. So there's a difference. But anyways, let's pass it back to Rachel for her number two. Round two. For my number two, I am diving into the now Disney Marvel fandom. I'm going to pick Loki as my villain. I knew somebody oh, would. Oh, I agree. <laughs> he, I decided to take him off my list because I thought it would be too obvious, but I totally agree. Oh, yes. I love Loki. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just that woman crush thing, is it? <laughs> Oh, no, of course not. 100% no. Not the the leather or the hair, you know. Okay, it's definitely not the hair, but... <laughs> she just looks like that horn. perfect bad guy. I mean, you know. Just, he's... It's like the wounded puppy that you just keep doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that is the fun thing they've had with Loki, is he's got the potential to do the right thing if he's properly motivated. Right, right. They like to yank you around about him. Like, is he good this time? Is he bad this time? Is he yep. a little bit of both? What? <laughs> well, he is kind of voting. He has that potential. He just chooses not to follow it. Yeah. I Yeah, I feel like he followed it a little bit in Thor 2, but then you realize at the end, it's just like, oh, dastardly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very sneaky to get in there what he wants. But, uh... He just likes chaos. I mean, that's it. Anything that's going to yeah. cause chaos, that's it. Mischief. Mischief, mischief is mischief. the word, because Loki is the god of mischief. Yeah. So he just gets into mischief. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what supposed to do? <laughs> well, okay, I wasn't that bad of a little brother. <laughs> so says you. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we got to talk to your siblings about that. <laughs> All right, I, don't, I didn't get into mischief. I'm just ornery. So Loki, you are? Not really. Okay, moving along. <laughs> All right, Zeke, what you got for number two? I am going to stay with that whole mischievous theme, actually. I'm going to go Iago. Ooh. <laughs> uh, ooh. He, his self-centered, gets everybody in trouble, causes all sorts of havoc in all the movies, TV shows, yet somehow ends up on the good guys team, yet never being really good. I mean, he is a devious mastermind that is self-serving, and he's a true villain. Yes, there you go. <laughs> it's a villain trying to do the right thing. <laughs> sort of. As long as it's good for them. <laughs> right. As long as they can make out in the plus call. <laughs> as long as he doesn't get shoved into that lamp with Jafar anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a good pick. I hadn't thought of Iago. That's really good. That's good. I like that one. Another another Disney afternoon property. Yep, there we go. Yep. And Disney movie. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, Jesse, what's your number two? I am going to go off the screen and go into the theme parks. I'm going to go with Bill Rogers. If you don't know who Bill Rogers is, he is the official voice of Disneyland. And thus, he's the guy who sends you home every night when the park closes. Uh, <laughs> wow. Out of the box point. <laughs> really good. The guy that the Disneyland tells you, get out of the park, go home. Oh, but buy something in the shop you don't first. Have to... <laughs> you don't have to go home. You just can't stay here. Yeah, I thought Zeke was about exactly. to say that. <laughs> that. That is what I was saying, but I did not want to uh, interrupt. So oh. I mumbled it. <laughs> Maniacally, like a villain. Imagine <laughs> the seeds of thought. There you go. <laughs> okay, so. Well, no, no, I told see, you, no one... I, I told you no one was going to steal my picks. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Of course, and that falls into that Jack Skellington realm of he's just doing his job. <laughs> okay. I had to pick at him a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. What did Eric say? Did we have you? No, I guess Eric, when Eric went before you. Okay. So the second one. Oh, here we go. This is This is a good one here. Professor Terminus, the guy wanted to chop up Elliot and Peach Dragon for spare parts. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I had that creepy book where all the weird medicines he was going to sell from mm-hmm. Elliot. And... But he was so likable when he was singing his little song. Yeah, well, because, oh, I cannot think of the actor's name. Um, Day, um, and it, or Dale. I can't think of it. <sighs> Somebody's going to, to write us in and tell us who it is. Yeah. But it's the same feller that... Uh, did the the Harry Potter audiobooks. Uh, if you've never gotten a chance to hear the Harry Potter audiobooks, it's probably the best way, I think, to go through the Harry Potter books. Uh, he, he's brilliant the way he reads them. He also was a narrator for uh, an ABC television series about uh, people being dead, and then they could bring him back for like a few seconds to tell him what happened or whatever. I forgot the name of the series. His name's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Yep, somebody's going to send us emails about that one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't suppose anybody else has thought of the guy's name, have you? Nope, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, moving on then. But yes, he's he's very, very talented, and he was great as Professor Terminus, and he's such a great performer. And I, I don't know who they plan to re- recast that character as with the uh, the new Peach Dragon that they're working on. So, But it's got to be somebody really good. All right, Heather, who's your number two? Okay, my number two is from Studio Ghibli, which if you guys haven't seen Studio Ghibli, you probably will have no idea. Um, But in the movie Princess Mononoke, there is a mercenary monk who, at first, he's really likable, but then later you realize you're really playing both ends against the middle. And in the end, he probably perpetrates the worst crime in the whole movie. And his name is Jigo. He is Jigo. Jigo, yep. Sorry, I went Ghostbusters 2 there for a little bit. So, yeah, anyway, <laughs> that's Vigo. That's different. Yeah, I know. Um, but, yeah, so basically the synopsis of the movie, just real quick, is it's um, the the forest gods are dying, and there's, like, a plague going on, and basically it comes down to he's the one that's starting that. 
and wants to take the head of the forest god so that the emperor can live forever. I vaguely remember. I know so, I watched it once. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good movie. I mean, I like it, but I don't know. It's the important thing about Princess Mononoke was actually it was the movie that put Studio Ghibli on the map for the United States. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have that in the Disney um, distribution because they distributed right. Thanks to John Lasseter. Mm-hmm. John Lasseter is awesome. Anybody else seen that movie? I've I have it, not. I have two of you at the oh, same yeah. time. I think Rachel said you hadn't seen it? No. No. Oh, I have not. No. Okay. Well, there's on your recommendation list. Go check it out. Let us know what you think. Yeah. I mean, it is anime, be- so it is weird, but, you know. Um, yeah, you have to get before used to we Japanese go on, storytelling. Hmm? Before we go on, we were talking about Jim Dale a minute ago. Jim yes. Dale! I was thinking Day or Dale. I got the last name. Yep, Jim Dale. Yes, wonderful, wonderful actor. And definitely, if you have not heard the audiobook versions of the Harry Potter series, the American version, the, the British version, uh, is read by uh, the one guy that was in Black Adder, um, and I can't think of his name either. Doggone it. Hugh Laurie? No, not Hugh Laurie. It was uh, the other guy. Uh, but anyways, but the American one is done by Jim Dale, and he's he's so brilliant at, at uh, his narration. But uh, Okay, so uh, where did we leave off here? Oh, you. it's time for my number two. Okay, now... I went slightly obscure. This is my Lucasfilm pick. But uh, I can probably send shivers down your spine if I could do a perfect impersonation here. I was just simply saying, so, what shall we talk about? I'm going with Major Arnold, I think it's Tot or Tote, I'm not sure how you say his name, from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And now, if the name isn't conjuring a picture in your head, this is that creepy-looking little guy in the glasses and the black hat who comes in. Uh, first, he comes into Marion's bar looking for the uh, the medallion, ends up burning the bar down, uh, gets the, the burnt uh, medallion into his hand, and which you get to see when he's highly heat-loud. But also, the best scene, the heat for great villain scene, when he comes in to the, the tent, and um, Marion has been there with, uh, I keep want to call him Baroque, but that's not right. Uh, Belloc. Belloc. Belloc and Mary are in there, and he comes in and whoops out this weird chain device thing and snaps it out there and then folds it around and it's a hanger for coat hanger. But the whole time you're like cringing back like, oh, what's he going to do? That to me, he's not even the main villain of the movie, but he's just so greatly creepy that I love the guy. He just, He's the guy who'll give you nightmares in that movie. And then his face melts off and it's worse. But that's all the bad guys. That yeah, that's, I, I guess somebody else has any comments on that guy. So. <laughs> all right. So now we're go for our number one picks. All right, go, Rachel, let us have it. All right. I know Zeke knows that this is mine, and I talk about it a lot on our show because I love it so much. It is going to be Hades from Hercules. Ooh. And Disney recently made, like, they started making villain shirts, and I saw one on when I was in Epcot. And I was like, yep, I'm buying it, no matter how 90s-esque it feels, because it's like this weird black and dark blue tie-dye with Hades on it. I'm just like, yes, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to wear it every day. <laughs> oh, and he was perfectly cast, too. Mm-hmm. Um, James Woods. James Woods. Oh, yes. Amazing. He's just great. So, yeah, he really kind of made the movie. I always feel bad for Hades. He always gets a bum rap, because... You know, I, I was mythology club president in high school, and he really wasn't that bad a guy. He just got the unfortunate job of being ruling over the dead. You know, it's not a great position. Yeah. So, of course, he wants to advance himself. 
<laughs> a little dark, a little gloomy, and hey, all the dead people. <laughs> yeah, and the most villainous thing he ever really did, though, was uh, kidnapping uh, um, the one girl in Cosmic Winter. Try to murder a baby? Well, okay, in the movie, it's different, yes. <laughs> yes, uh, but in mythology, yeah, he kidnapped Persephone and caused winter. And there's actually a really cool uh, old uh, Silly Symphony where they did that story with Hades and uh, Persephone. So, But, yeah, in the movie, he's he's a lot more vile, but he's fun. <laughs> All right, I don't think we have any more comments about Hades, so I guess we'll move on over to Zeke. <laughs> All right, so my number one is going to be Sephiroth. And I know he's Final Fantasy, but he was in Kingdom Hearts. So if we can do the closing narrator, I get to use Sephiroth. There you go. That's a clever thing. I didn't, because mm-hmm. I didn't know he was in the uh, Kingdom Hearts. That is a brilliant pick. <laughs> yes. But as we all know, he did not kill Eris. Cloud actually did. But that's just a theory. A game theory. <laughs> I've been watching too much game theory on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I actually never got that far in Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> really? Yeah, Shame. I, Shame. I. My problem with games like that is random encounters that I'm just sitting there giving commands. I get bored after a while. So I've Maybe never had like the classic Fantasy. Game Boy playing Tetris. <laughs> Well, I, lo- I do love me some Tetris, but uh, my version of a good role-playing game is like Legend of Zelda or Skyrim. I like a little bit more action in my RPGs. Uh, uh, well, Skyrim's RPG. I don't know if Zelda's RPG. It's an adventure game. Yeah, but it's still a great game. It is. Yeah, Sephiroth, I, I do recall from Final Fantasy VII, he was going to destroy the entire world, if I remember correctly. So what's his part in the, in Kingdom Hearts? Because I haven't actually gotten to play Kingdom Hearts. It's mostly just a cameo bad guy. When you're playing Cloud, you got to fight against him because, come on, you got to incorporate. If you're going to name drop Disney, you got to name drop Final Fantasy VII. Well, sure. <laughs> All righty then. Uh, Jesse, who is your number one? Uh, great Scott. Here we are in 2015. It's finally happened. I think we talk about a murderous judge who wants to kill cartoons. Oh, yes. One Judge Doom. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, and as we could verify with Scott from Disney, Indiana, how evil do you have to be that you want to kill Jessica Rabbit? <laughs> and, and for this crazy theory called a freeway, which will never work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're going to wipe out Toontown for a freeway. I got to say, I feel like there were were a lot of activists out there that wanted to get rid of Jessica Rabbit. (laughs) She's a funny character. I am not one of them. (laughs) But yeah, as Heather was saying, it's also, you know, know Judge Doom is nasty when he kills a poor innocent little shoe. That made me cry. I mean, really, it was just so sad. Yeah, poor little shoe. So, yep, good choice. All righty. And uh, very timely. <laughs> yes, very timely. All right, let's read Eric's third book. Pardon my Haunted Mansion sound effects. I hit the wrong button on the computer. Uh, his number three, <laughs> or number one. <laughs> it's appropriate to have Haunted Mansion sounds. It's a Halloween show. Uh, Mr. Dark, 
I'll never look at a carousel the same way after seeing what he did with one in Something Wicked This Way He Comes. Now, I've never seen this movie, but we talked about it last year with uh, with Scott and Tracy uh, from Disney, Indiana. We were doing a uh, countdown of movies. Check it out last year for our Haunted Neverland. But, uh, yeah. Uh, has anybody seen Something Wicked This Way Comes? I have not seen this movie I since not. I was a sophomore in high school. This one in high school gave me nightmares. Well, there you go. But he's basically Mr. Dark is kind of like the devil. And it's, uh, if I remember correctly, what they said is this, where he fulfills the wishes of people in town, but there's always a bad side to every wish you have. All magic comes with a cost. There you go. Yeah, I think, the only clip that, absolutely. I think the only clip I've seen of that or whatever is from the trailer, but I guess there's a girl who... Uh, or an older woman who wanted her youth back or beauty back, and so she got her youth and beauty, but she was also blinded, so she never got to see herself. If I'm understanding what the, this clip, I think that I had seen, does that sound about if right? I rem- if I remember right, absolutely sounds correct. Mm-hmm. So very creepy. And uh, what was this? A Ray Bradbury book? Yes, it's a Ray Bradbury book. Uh, actually, Disney had wanted to make it a movie for about 25 years. Well, he wanted to make it in the 60s, and he passed away and got put on the back burner until the early 80s. When they started trying to make some darker Disney movies, and you had stuff like The Black Hole and uh, oh, The uh, Return to Oz uh, and oh, something actually – wasn't there some – you looking at something that was like a darker Disney movie? Or you went to a, a website that had darker Disney movie stuff or something? Well, I was trying to see if one movie that I was going to pull a villain from was a Disney movie, but it wasn't. It was a Jim Henson movie. Yeah, so. Jim Henson had worked on uh, a movie called The Witches. But it wasn't, you know, because Disney didn't really buy Jim Henson Productions. He just bought the Muppets, so it didn't really qualify. But yes, Angelica Houston's character probably, right? Yes. Because, yeah, gave you nightmares or something. Oh, it was super creepy. Yep. But who did you end up going with for your number one? Okay. Um, this is kind of obscure. I guess I'm the queen of obscure here. Um, in 1981, there was a movie called Dragon Slayer, which was actually a, a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starred uh, Peter McNichol. Yes, that- Peter McNichol, who yeah. you might mostly recognize from Ghostbusters 2 mm-hmm. as being uh, Janos. Yeah, yep. he is the one, of course. He is Vigo. You are the buzzing of flies to him. Yep. So I just remember watching, like, catching it on TV as a kid, and like being totally like freaked out and scared, and like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So when I found it later, I was like, this, this is really creepy. And the one character um, is kind of the I don't know the bully character. His name is uh, Tyrion. He's like a centurion for the king, and he ends up killing the wizard, and like you know these likable characters, and really being a pain in the butt. So. That was my number one. But like I said, I didn't really think about ranking them, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, and more modern people might recognize Peter McNichol from He's been popping up on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as mm-hmm. uh, the Asgardian professor who's kind of hiding out that he's an Asgardian. Yeah. Uh, he actually already popped up, what, like second episode this season, I think it was. He helped bring Gemma back. Yay! But he's not the villain. This is, this right. Is, but, but, oh, but he plays the hero in that movie. He plays the he? hero in there. Yes. He was a lot younger. Yes. Anybody else seen Dragon Slayer? Never heard of it. I didn't know it was a Disney movie. A bit before my time. I don't. I'm not familiar. So. Sorry. Our, our <laughs> age is showing. <laughs> okay. Now, 
I guess we'll move on to my number one. Now, I went a, a strangely obscure direction because there was uh, for I wanted to pick a Marvel villain. Uh, and being a major Spider-Man fan, I figured I had to pick somebody from there. And there were some pretty good options of, of some villains that have really messed up Spider-Man's life. Uh, one that popped into mind first was Mephisto, who's basically in Marvel. He's like the devil himself. And where, where Mephisto has really re- lately messed over Spider-Man was uh, during the whole Civil War storyline in the comics, which I don't know how much this is going to come to play in the upcoming film. But uh, Peter Parker reveals to the world that he is Spider-Man, thus going against everything that has been built up to this point that he was protecting his family and friends by nobody knowing who he was. So, of course, as soon as every villain in the world knows that Spider-Man is Peter Parker, they start going after his family. And so Aunt May was shot. Mephisto, of course, in order to save Aunt May's life, made a deal with Peter and, and Mary Jane, said, well, let's just say your marriage never happened, and then I'll, I'll bring your aunt back to life, and I'll make sure nobody remembers that you revealed your secret identity. Screwed up everything. They changed Spider-Man completely around with a new story of thing that's called uh, One More Day or Brand New Day and stuff like that, and wrecked, uh, golly, about 20 years of continuity of wiping out the whole marriage. Uh, so, yes, that was something I thought of could have been a, a really nasty thing to do to Spider-Man. But I thought, well, who else has done something nasty? Well, I thought of a Marvel writer, the current writer for Spider-Man, Dan Slott, which a lot of us older Spider-Man fans, we really get annoyed with him frequently because he frequently likes to screw Spider-Man over, uh, even though he's supposed to be the greatest Spider-Man fan in the world. And But he messes things up, and he's one of the reasons why I'm not spending my money on Spider-Man comics. So he was another option. But where I finally went... <laughs> this is a long, a long way. Yeah. I know this is a long way to get there, but it all basically comes down to one particular comic scene, which they actually did uh, translate this into the old '90s animated series, which hopefully isn't completely before your time there, Zeke and Rachel. But uh, <laughs> they, uh, so Norman Osborn, of course, knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, and he was the Green Goblin. But back in the, uh, the day, he uh, the chemicals he had, he had done to himself that made him the Green Goblin. He he almost had a split personality where, uh, you know, if he got if he got beat senseless enough or whatever <laughs> when he was defeated, Norman Osborn would forget he's the Green Goblin and forget Peter's identity, and he would almost be some sort of normal person. But there's one particular time that Peter has been worried that Norman might be slowly remembering that he's the Green Goblin, and he has this dinner party over. Now, Norman has remembered that Peter was Spider-Man, but, you know, he's got all these dinner guests, and so he's able to mess with Peter during this dinner party without anybody realizing what's going on, that this mental battle between Spider-Man and the Green Goblin is going on this entire time. And it's this hugely intense scene in it, and I can't remember which comics it was, uh, but I remember I've read reprint, but they recreated it in, like I said, the animated series. But this is also the same guy who kills Gwen Stacy, uh, which, well, you know, Heather's already ruined the family friendliness. They, in, in some more what? retconning in the, in more recent comics, they've actually added in a storyline where Norman Osborn had also seduced Gwen Stacy, uh, before having killed her and just, so the guy's the ultimate creep. Really? <laughs> so definitely my number one, because I'm such a Spider-Man fan, has to be the Green Goblin. And I would love to see them actually get a decent representation, because uh, although they had a great actor playing him in that first Spider-Man movie, the costume looked like a really bad Power Ranger. And then this second attempt at a Green Goblin in these other movies was just terrible. Although they did let him kill Gwen Stacy. So, But that's my number one. I know it was a long way to get there, though, right? <laughs> it was a journey. A very interactive journey. 
<laughs> Lots of thinking. Yes. Had a long way to go there. But, you know, since he's now on Disney property, it's, you know, he's done some very un-Disney stuff, though, in his time. <laughs> and even when they killed him, they brought him back. And he's, he's plaguing Spider-Man. And sometimes he even convinces the rest of the Marvel Universe that he's a good guy and ended up actually being the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a while. That's a good villain. Yeah. Anybody got any comments? <laughs> I can agree with that. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> okay. I can't wait till Disney gets their hands on Spider-Man more in the MCU. Oh yes, I'm very excited of what could potentially happen. Although I'm tired of a teenager, I kind of I'm used to him being grown up. <laughs> <laughs> but can we have a grown-up? Spider-Man is coming to Disneyland. Yes, indeed. We forgot to even mention that on the podcast last week when that came out. But yeah, finally we get a Spider-Man. Well, at least in Disneyland. I don't think they'll ever get him to, to Walt Disney World until you know they manage to get Universal to just release everything. But it could happen. So uh, we all not going to happen. <laughs> Probably not. We can dream. Um, okay, we got to have some honorable mentions because I think there's a few villains we avoided because we we're afraid it was too common and everybody might have went for it. Like Darth Vader. None of us mentioned Darth Vader. He was a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not when we were kids. When, when like Jesse and Heather and I we were kids, Darth Vader, when he first p- appeared, he was imposing and he was scary. Uh of course, you weren't really a kid when you saw it, though, the first time you were in high school. Annie. I, I was aware of it. I like, yeah. I see clips, but... So, yeah, the, the generations after us, you know, their version would be, be more familiar with Anakin Skywalker, and it's the, more of a tragic character, you know. But to us, it was he was scary. I'm bringing my screen back again. <laughs> Anybody else I got a mention you think should bring up? The what? What? Emperor was scarier than Darth Vader, but uh, my honorable mention would have to be the Horned King. Oh, yes. Oh, that was on my list of honorable mentions, too. Very much. Yeah. Although I like the book. I like those books. Books are awesome. Great. I haven't read those in a while. I, I read the books in school before I saw the movie, and I loved it, but I thought the movie was okay. Books are always better. Kind of yeah. Like law or something. Completely. Great book series. I wish they'd actually do live-action versions of that series. That Yeah. they. I mean, they started Chronicles of Narnia. I feel like it would be bad, though, because I'd get so mad because they'd start it and it would just, like, die off like Chronicles of Narnia. I don't think yeah. that died off. I don't know. I'm not going to start debating that because that will, that I'll, I'll be here forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, they haven't I made it I have a hope the Silver Chair is going to get made. It's, yeah, it's I don't know if they're going to make it to the end. We'll see. Yeah, if they just stuck a little closer to the source material, I think they probably would have done a little better with it. But they 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 wandered off too much. Yeah, BBC had a version of it that was really good. But then again, BBC did much better with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The BBC does better with everything. <laughs> <laughs> like except except for time travel. Yeah. Except for time travel, the TARDIS beats the beats uh-huh. the TARDIS. The DeLorean beats the TARDIS. Uh, no. DeLorean yes. cannot travel nope. to different planets. Right. The DeLorean beats the TARDIS. <laughs> although, although they're just about as predictable. Send all your hate mail to Jesse Stevenson at <laughs> jesse.com. <laughs> well, no. You just... <laughs> the TARDIS is big enough that you can drive the DeLorean 
88 miles an hour in the TARDIS while the TARDIS is time traveling. There you go. <laughs> and then Bill Hold and Ted on. will hop in with their phone booth. <laughs> Suddenly I am the villain. <laughs> Only because I didn't get my flying car yesterday. Or my hoverboard. And the Cubs got knocked out of the series that day, too. So it's like... Yeah. How did the Cubs lose on Back to the Future Day? <laughs> yeah, you think they'd at least have won that one day? It was too much pressure. Everybody wanted them to win. Uh, not everybody here in Kansas City. We're still loyal royal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I think one of, the, uh, one of their parents probably went back and fell in love with their kid and then they started disappearing because they didn't love their dad they loved their kid uh yeah <laughs> my best joke <laughs> so if we, we could, if we could get back to the honorable mention hey while we're at it although no wait never mind we can't mention Biff yeah. Tannen because he's not a Disney character <laughs> universal yeah. yeah I have one which is I'm surprised no one said Scar. Oh, that's a good mm-hmm. one. You know what? I had Disney cats the as an honorable mention. Scar, <laughs> Prince John, and the Siamese cats from Lady and the Tramp. Oh, All yeah. one entry. And Lucifer. There you go. But what about the uh, Aristocats? They weren't from villainous. Cinderella. Or from Cinderella. Well, he he had the like, Disney cats oh, villains. Gen- general, okay. So the you. Aristocats are an exception. They're okay. not villains. Because yeah. it's the, the uh, old butler mm-hmm. guy. Oliver and Company is Oliver is not a villain. Yeah, Oliver's not a villain. If I say what I'm feeling, I'll be banned from Neverland. <laughs> Apparently, he doesn't like cats. Mm-hmm. Send all your hate mail to <laughs> Jesse Stevenson at Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, a couple of other honorable mentions I had thought of because I, I, when I was trying to think of somebody who was more of a Disney character, uh, I really was stuck between trying to figure out if I was going to go with Ursula. Or Maleficent, and I'm not talking Angelina Jolie. I'm talking about the original Maleficent that was so creepy and had the nice echoing staff when she drops it down in the castle, and just she was awesome. But but in the end, I went with Jack Skellington because I was like, oh, wait, that's something different, and he's he's kind of a unique villain that he's not trying to be a villain. He just wrecks everything, but he has to fix it later, which is awesome. He learns his lesson. Well, if you're going with Maleficent, you need to include, include Lady Tremaine also, because they're the same voice actress. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Lady Tremaine is nasty. Yeah, and depending on the interpretation. Although, she's made number one on Worst Disney Villain List before on some of the episodes we've done. And I know I can't see as bad parenting as the number one versus, like, genocide. And I get it. She stunk as a parent, and DSS should have stepped in. <laughs> but I don't think that's worse than genocide. Got a point there. Got a point. <laughs> hmm. I had a great control and yeah, or even Cruella de Vil. I mean, who wants to skin puppies? <laughs> she does. And she does. And what's the <laughs> that's nasty. But I don't know that, that killing 101 on puppies is as bad as genocide. So, what? I'm going to have to do a lot of silent truncating so I can get rid of the silences. That's <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> uh, anybody and else want to throw us an honorable mention? Uh, maybe Darth yeah. Maul, even. I, I had a Pixar three, three-way tie 
and I couldn't decide between Sid, Big Al, or Lotso. <laughs> Big Al. The, worst. the Toy Story trifecta. Exactly. Is uh, uh, Gareth count as Disney? Is Labyrinth Disney now? No, actually, they weren't bought. But I would, I would uh, let the Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. I'd let that slide in because it's it's very Muppety, but it's not Muppets. Because Disney just bought them up as they didn't buy the whole Jim Henson company. They left some stuff out. Well, then if if that's okay, then I'll throw in the Skeksis from Dark Crystal. <laughs> be specific about it. Which Skeksy? Uh, Chamberlain. The Chamberlain's the one that would be the worst? Yeah. <laughs> as a kid, just like, just scared. I don't know. It scared me to death. Like and He wasn't the one that scared me. He actually looked like a bird to me. But, uh, but I figured, Zeke, were you going for uh, Jareth from Labyrinth? Yeah, that's what I was saying, Jareth. That's a good one, because he's he's the charming villain type, though. Very, very I mean, good. The bulge player. alone, of course. Nothing green villainous like that bulge. I'm gonna have to rank this as PG in iTunes. <laughs> yes, there was. Oh, there was something else that popped into my head, and I forgot it. Sanderson Sisters was on my list. Oh, that's a good oh, one. Yeah. yeah. We haven't watched that movie this year. We have to watch Hocus Pocus yeah, this week. We do. That is a great movie. ABC Family. Pick your night. Pick your time. You'll see it. Yeah. Or pop the DVD in. Point. Oh, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Eric would agree with me that the Gogans would be a good honorable mention also for Pete's Dragon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the, the evil hillbillies or whatever. <laughs> Who I thought they owned Pete. Right. Uh, Eric also has a runner-up, Mr. Boogity. A grouchy pilgrim sells his soul for a magic cloak? Sounds legit. I only vaguely remember Mr. Boogity. It was a, a, one of those Sunday night magical world of Disney things. Did you watch Mr. Boogity, Jesse? I don't even know what it is. Well, I remember it, but I don't remember if I watched it. But they, they did a series of them because I think they did Bride of Boogity and stuff like that. There's something for y'all to Google later. <laughs> Yeah, that would that would probably be because I think Zeke is about Rachel's age, right? So that's probably before your time too. Yeah, it's yeah, I'm a little there. bit older, but it's before my time. <laughs> okay, um, can I uh, can I throw one more out there to close out the discussion? Sure. Due to increasing prices, how about Bob Iger. Oh. oh. Yeah. Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm okay with Jesse.com. <laughs> increasing prices isn't bad if they were increasing what you got or just matching inflation. But I would say increasing prices with closing attractions, you're getting less and less for your money. Well, but they are building some new stuff. We've got some Star Wars, a Toy Story area, you know, so it's a balance, sort of. Yeah, Granted, I would love for the prices. Now. I would love for the prices to keep low where I can actually afford to go. Uh, but, you know, Bob Iger's done a lot more good than he has uh, than raising the, raise the prices. I mean, under his leadership, you know, Disney did acquire Marvel and Lucasfilm. So. Yep. I, I, I agreed. But to have two annual price increases in one year is. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, leave it. I'll, I'll just leave that there. Yeah, I understand, but I, I, I can't hate the guy yet. <laughs> to pay for Marvel and Lucasfilm. Right, so. 
<laughs> wow. Okay, well, I think we better wrap this up before Jesse gets any more crazy ideas of who's <laughs> evil. <laughs> but, well, thanks, guys, for uh, Rachel and Zeke from Behind the Magic for coming along with us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, anytime. Thank you for not banning me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and your your tournament of Disney podcasters is still going on, right? It is. We are have one more set of matchup for the creative round, and then we move on to the wit round, and then it'll be the finals. So about six more weeks, and that's every Monday. Our Monday every episodes Monday. are the. All right, and that's been a lot of fun. It's a really fun idea. I'm glad you guys thought of it. It's, it was fun to play along, even if we got eliminated round two, because nobody voted for us. <laughs> hey, you guys did great you trivia. Trivia? Yeah, <laughs> you made it through trivia. Go, so Jesse! All the fan mail can go to Jesse for his great job at trivia for even getting you to the creative round. Yay, Yay Jesse! <laughs> All righty. Well, Jeremy, you're welcome. We got that far. There you go. Good job, Jesse. <laughs> All right. Well, we better wrap this up. All right. And once again, make sure you find Rachel and Zeke at btmpodcast.com and search for Behind the Magic. You guys are available on iTunes and Stitcher and anything else, right? And we're also and on Twitter at, uh, yeah, at btmpodcast underscore. With an underscore at the end, just to yeah. hang in there. Yeah. Okay, very important to note. Because, yeah, like the Twitter law is when you go for your name, it's always somebody with way less followers takes the name you wanted, and you're like, really? You don't tweet. You haven't tweeted in two years. Yet you're, you're sitting on that name. Takes this <laughs> angrily. That is the truth. They are on my villain list. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably had a one-episode Big Thunder Mountain podcast. <laughs> no, it was it was bring to mind. It wasn't even Disney. It was a bring to mind podcast. It was an inspirational thing, and you know you'd think they'd be dropping inspirational quotes every now and then. No, they they like never tweet. Although they've gotten more Twitter Twitter followers, which I am still claiming the Disney fans following them are probably accidental. <laughs> I did once stumble upon that there is some sort of Neverland podcast on YouTube that is about hypnotism, but they did like one or two episodes about five years ago or something. <laughs> it's like, you guys have nothing to do with Neverland? What in the world? It's, it's like our doppelgangers. <laughs> there you go. Which is part of the evil. See, you're the evil doppelganger. Yeah. So we've wrapped a nice package. So see, we weren't just rambling on and just talking. We had a point to it. See? It was on what purpose. if we're the evil ones? Uh-oh. <laughs> Accidental segue for the win. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> and just so you know, I am the evil one. But yes. <laughs> you, you guys do know I am an identical twin, right? Uh-huh. And you are the evil one. <laughs> because his, his twin's name is Jeremy, so we know he's got to be all right. Well. <laughs> sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> of course we will. I know more nice Jessies and more mean Jeremy's. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I know any other Jessies that are. I can't think of a mean Jesse. Darn it! <laughs> I, I I know Heather's being very quiet suddenly. Some, that's what she does. Sometimes it's best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, the that's how we get dead. 
I think we better wrap this up. All right, so once again, thank you to Rachel and Zeke from Behind the Magic for coming along with us for this crazy nonsense and following my weird tangents. <laughs> to Disney and beyond. Well, that was a lot of fun and a great conversation. However, I have this feeling we may have forgotten somebody. Uh-oh. He sounds kind of upset. So here's some audio from Disney's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, a special record that they released telling the story. Quick. He has feet like shovels, walks like a crane, nose sticks out like a weather vane, lean and lanky and skin and bone, clothes a scarecrow would like to own. But with the ladies, he's right there, debonair and devil may care. He's no skitter, scatterbrain, not old Ichabod Crane. Ichabod, odd old boy, Ichabod, that hobbledy-hoy, who's his own best pride and joy, Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. Now who's the town's ladies' man? Who gets around like nobody can? Well, it has to be none other than Ichabod, Ichabod Crane. If we could but journey back to that period in American history when the city of Manhattan was but a market town, we would discover in one of those spacious coves which dot the shores of the Hudson, the little village of Tarrytown, and just beyond, a quiet, peaceful place, yet somehow mysterious for its legends of haunted tales and local superstitions. The best-known story, however, concerns a certain schoolmaster who once wandered these parts. Some say his spirit still haunts the vicinity. He was a most unusual man. To see him, one might well mistake him for some scarecrow. He was tall and lanky. His head was small and flat on top with a long nose so that it looked like a weathercock perched upon his skinny neck. Altogether, he was such a sight seldom to be seen in broad daylight. It was late one drowsy autumn afternoon when this strange figure first approached the little village of Sleepy Hollow. As usual, there was gathered at ye old schnooker and schnapp shop a group of lads known as the Sleepy Hollow Boys. Their self-appointed leader, Brom Bones, was a burly, boisterous fellow, always ready for a fight or a frolic. And though Brom was given to practical jokes, still there was no malice in his mischief. Indeed, with his waggish humor and great strength, Brom Bones was quite the hero of all the country around. The schoolmaster's arrival gave rise to emotions. Everyone agreed they'd never seen anyone quite like Ichabod Crane. The schoolroom became his empire over which, with lordly dignity, he ruled absolute Ichabod was very conscientious, but was careful to administer justice to misbehaving schoolboys with discrimination. For it behooved him to keep on good terms with his pupils, especially if their mothers happened to be good cooks. So, as time went by, it may be seen that Ichabod got on well enough. He taught piano and singing in order to increase his slender income and to arouse the cultural interests of the sleepy village. 
It was only a matter of time before such a man as Ichabod would become an object of ridicule to Brom Bones and his gang. And yet, to Ichabod, these were small matters. Indeed, the schoolmaster possessed a remarkable calmness which remained quite undisturbed until that fateful day when his path was crossed by a woman, a certain woman, Katrina Van Tassel, daughter of old Baltus Van Tassel, the richest farmer in the country. She was a blooming lass, plump as a partridge, ripe, melting, and rosy-cheeked. And there was no doubt the fair Katrina was the richest prize in the countryside. And the schoolmaster, being an ambitious man, at once began to fill his mind with many sugary thoughts and hopeful dreams. Sweet Katrina, poor little rich girl, Ichabod longed to protect her. However, she was jealously guarded by a host of rustic admirers. But Ichabod was confident. But the schoolmaster failed to reckon with Brom Bones himself. Now the ease with which Brom cleared the field of rivals provoked the fair Katrina, and she often wished that some champion would appear and for once take the field openly against the boisterous Brom. And though a wiser man would have shrunk from competition, love, they say, is blind. And Ichabod was aware only that Dame Fortune was at last thundering at his door. It was upon the occasion of her father's annual Halloween frolic that Katrina chose to stir the embers of the smoldering rivalry she had created between Brom and Ichabod. Thus, her invitation to Ichabod carried a most personal summons. The worthy schoolmaster was in a state of joy. To him this could mean but one thing. Katrina had chosen him, he thought to himself. Well, tonight's the night. Just turn on the old charm and the fair Katrina is yours for the asking. And so gaily bedecked and nobly mounted upon a borrowed horse, he went forth like a knight errant of old to keep a tryst with his lady fair. In all the countryside, there was nothing to equal the merrymaking at Mynheer Van Tassel's farm. To Ichabod, here was a perfect field for his endeavors. Now, indeed, would he put his best foot forward, for beyond all his other talents, the schoolmaster prided himself upon his dancing. The unhappy Brom, already bested at every turn by Ichabod's manners and gentility, saw himself once more outmatched. For as he watched them dancing, he was forced to admit that here, here was a flawless picture of ease and grace. There was no doubt that Ichabod was the man of the hour. Brom knew he must concede his rival still another victory. And yet there was still a chance his time would come, for when it grew late, Van Tassel always called upon his guests to tell him ghostly tales of Halloween. And Brom knew there was no more firm believer in spooks and goblins than superstitious Ichabod Crane. <laughs> now gather round while I elucidate on what happens outside when it gets late. Along about midnight, the ghosts and banshees get together for their nightly jamborees. There's ghosts with horns and saucer eyes, and some with fangs about this size. Some short and fat, some tall and thin, and some don't even bother to wear their skin. I'm telling you, brother, it's a frightful sight to see what goes on in the night. Oh, when the 
folks have a midnight jamboree They break it up with fiendish glee Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed Is the headless horseman, he's the worst When he goes a-jogging across the land Holding his noggin in his hand Demons take one look and groan And hit the road for parts unknown There's no rat like a spook that's burned They don't like him and he's really burned Swears to the longest day he's dead He'd show them that he can get ahead Oh, close all the windows and lock the doors Unless you're careful, he'll get yours Don't think he'll hesitate a bit Cause he'll flip your top if it'll fit And he likes them little, likes them big Part in the middle or a wig Black or white or even red The headless horseman needs a head with a hip Hip and clippity-clop He's out looking for a head to chop So don't stop to figure out a plan You can't reason with a headless man. It was the very witching hour of night that Ichabod started homeward. The sky grew darker and darker as one by one the stars winked out their lights and driving clouds obscured the moon from sight. Never had the schoolmaster felt so melancholy, so utterly alone. And the nearer he approached the hollow, the more dismal he became. Once inside the murky glen, Ichabod's anxiety increased a hundredfold, and now the forest seemed to close in behind him. And every small detail of Brahms' awful story returned to haunt his recollection. For once you've crossed the bridge, the ghost is through, his power ends. Ichabod rode along, trying to whistle away his fears. Oh, if only his horse would hurry up and come to that bridge. The woods grew blacker and blacker. He whipped his horse into a faster gallop, sweat streaming from his brow. As they came abreast of the graveyard, he reined to a screeching halt as there, among the tombstones, was a rider on a horse. The horse reared and silhouetted against the sky. Ichabod saw the rider was headless. With a blood-curdling laugh, the horseman started after Rickabod, flailing his great sword in the air. Sparks flew from the horse's hooves, and the chase was on. Uphill, down dale, the horseman ever gaining on poor Rickabod. Oh, where was that bridge? Just as the road dipped down to the bridge approach, there suddenly was the headless horseman blocking Ichabod's path. Ichabod turned tail as quickly as his old horse could and barely missed another well-aimed swipe from the dreadful sword. He rolled again around a rise and once more tried for the bridge. He fancied he could feel the black steed's hot breath and turning around was horrified to see him right on his heels. Ichabod was staring into the flaming pumpkin head which the horseman held under his arm. With a shriek of terror, Ichabod plunged onto the bridge and galloped across. He gained the opposite side and turned to look to see if he was safe. He saw the ghastly specter arise in his stirrups and hurl his fiery head right at Ichabod. He tried to duck, but too late. It hit his head with a great crash, and he tumbled headlong into the dust. Next morning, Ichabod's hat was found and close beside a shattered pumpkin, but there was no trace of the schoolmaster. It was shortly thereafter that Brom Bones led the fair Katrina to the altar. Now, 
Rumors persisted that Ichabod was still alive, married to a wealthy widow in a distant county. But of course, the good Dutch settlers refused to believe such nonsense, for they knew the schoolmaster had been spirited away by the headless horseman. Oh, close all the windows, lock the doors Unless you're careful, he'll get yours Black or white or even red The headless horseman needs a head With a hip, hip and a clippity-clop He's out looking for a head to chop So don't stop to figure out a plan You can't reason with a headless man Neverland Feedback. Okay, we have some iTunes reviews that I would like to share with you. Uh, first one we have from Benjamin Tyler. Uh, now, Benjamin Tyler, he does have a very good show called An Evolving Lifestyle. A very great show on iTunes. Definitely check out his podcast. But he says, this is a great podcast for those that never want to grow up. It is everything about Disney, cartoons, toys, etc. to bring out the child in you. Thank you very much for that, Benjamin. Uh, I have another review. Uh, this one, it says it's by reviewers. Welcome. And this one says, great banter. Well done. Listen to your Back to the Future Day episode and thoroughly enjoyed it right down to wondering if we can someday use a drone to walk the dog. A thousand and one thanks. And I think that is also the, uh, there's a great podcast that I'm, it's a long title, but it's like a thousand and one heroes, legends, and mysteries. Another really fun podcast. Uh, Also, I have another review here uh, from JM Flam one It says, fun topics, high energy, enjoyed the podcast. I like the opening. Wish it was a little cleaner and we prefer to get into it a little bit quicker, but overall fun and interesting stuff. Uh, thank you also very much for that review. Uh, that appears to be from Jason Flam from the STL Sketch Podcast or Sketch Pod Podcast. Uh, so definitely check them out. I, it's a live sketch comedy show. Uh, I haven't gotten to listen to that one ever before. So go check it out and let me know what you think. I'm going to be listening to them and uh, going to be reviewing them as well. Uh, I have also one last review here that it's very simple. It says, Funny, Nice, Innocent Podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> and that is from the Winning the Game of Life podcast. Uh, so I'm getting a lot of reviews from other podcasters. I've kind of been doing a bit of an exchange here lately. And uh, we've been checking out each other's shows. It's a really fun thing to do. In fact, if you have a podcast and you'd like me to review it, send me a link. I'd love to check it out and let you know what I think, and I ask you to do the same. And don't forget, of course, that we are having a review drive this month, and anyone who submits a review to me, also send me an email, you know, copy the the review, and so I can enter you into our giveaway and I do have a frozen prize a couple of Avengers prizes and also an exclusive prize that you can only get from Marceline Missouri so very exciting stuff make sure you go ahead and send me those reviews because I love getting the feedback and also tell me what you think uh, of the intro is there a way you think I should shorten it down a little bit do you think it drags on a little long let me know what you think
Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. So uh, I hope you had a very good time and definitely go check out Behind the Magic. It is a fun little show. And like they said, they have daily shows. So it's a really nice wake up every morning for that quick drive to work that you can listen to. Uh, But definitely make sure you keep that picks in your pocket. And of course, by that, I mean to keep that young at heart and good attitude with you. That way you can share a little pixie dust with other people by a simple smile, hug, handshake, whatever it takes. Just wish somebody a good morning and definitely come back next week my goodness we have our 100th episode of the neverland podcast and uh, i've got a lot of extra work to do this week because i'm planning on doing something really kind of special to give you a nice retrospective of 100 episodes so until we meet again god bless and you have yourself a wonderful holiday next weekend and stay safe while you're going out there and getting your candy bye-bye thank you for listening to the neverland podcast Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. We love to hear from you on Twitter.com slash NeverlandPCast and Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492 and send email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright blue band productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyrighted by their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license. Good night, Neverland! Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.